Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are back for another great episode. This time we have an amazing guest, Lauren and Consenting Borrowed Rooms. We're going to talk design, cost savings, just the whole world of the wedding industry and how they are bringing a new concept, new product, new idea to this market and what they've done over the last almost nine years being in business. So I'm super excited to get to know her story a little bit more. And before we do that, I want to give a big special shout out and thank you to the folks that bring you this show each and every week. Falaya Real Estate, Lakeman's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, and Gage. Without further ado, Lauren, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for dri- making the drive from yes. our neighboring city of Lafayette. I <laughs> know getting over that bridge can be treacherous at times, but yes. you're here. I'm here. No construction, no delays today, so it's all good. It's like a magical moment when you just when you never have to tap your brakes and you go over <laughs> that bridge. You're just like, I'll go buy a lottery ticket or something. I was favored today. Yes. Highly favored. So you're here yep. talking about your company that you started back in 15, 16 time. That's right. Something Borrowed Blooms. Yes. So what is it and what the heck do you do? Yes. So our company, Something Borrowed Blooms, uh, my cousin, Lakin Swan, and I actually started it together. And we specialize in rent and return wedding flowers. So that means we use premium silk flowers to create wedding flower collections We rent them out to couples for the weekend of their wedding. So we're able to save them about 70% compared to fresh floral costs. So we're saving couples thousands of dollars in their wedding budget. Um, So really, you know, we pride ourselves on offering a more affordable, convenient, and sustainable option um, for the wedding flower market. Uh, You know, of course, affordability is there because of the rental model, the convenience of being able to order everything online and everything's, you know, shipped directly to you. And then it's more sustainable because there's no waste at the end of the night. The products are coming back, we're refreshing them, and then reusing them for weddings on the next weekend. So, I mean... This concept as a whole is fascinating. To yes. Me. How did you get here? What were you doing before this came <laughs> into your life in, you know, 15, 16? Yeah. Um, so my cousin and I really, um, we just, we wanted to start a business together. I think we were both, you know, entrepreneurially like uh, minded and we both had a desire to kind of start something that was really revolutionary in a certain industry. Um, her background's in marketing. My background's actually in public relations. And then I, you know, took a diversion, was a teacher for a few years, um, then a stay-at-home mom. But my husband was also uh, is also a serial entrepreneur. And so he's had his hands in many different things. And I was always intrigued and, you know, a little bit interested in what he was doing. And I think, you know, Lake and I kind of saw that. And, um, you know, we kind of joked today, but like, well, if he can do it, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's a bold statement, right, you right? know? So it kind of gave us the bug, I would say. And then um, it was also like this moment or this time of our lives where, you know, we were going to weddings every other weekend, it felt like. And we had both recently got married. Friends, family were getting married. And we were seeing so many people like trying to make the budget make sense, um, trying to save in certain areas. A lot of time that fell on florals, but the outcome was never really great. I also had like a really poor wedding flower experience and you know I met with several florists took off of work you know to meet with them got all the quotes decided on one showed her photos of what I wanted for the wedding day thought we were on the same page and then the day of the wedding you know the florist shows up with this box of flowers that 
was just not what I had in mind. And at that point, like you spent thousands of dollars on these flowers that you literally hold for like 30 minutes, you know, maybe an hour. And, um, and then they literally end up in the trash at the end of the night. And I was just like, this is horrible. I had major buyer's remorse. Um, so like that was kind of like in our head. And it's also when rent the runway was gaining major popularity and we just love this concept of being able to rent a high-end like high-priced item for the weekend um, use it pay a fraction of the cost and then ship it back and so it was like these ideas were all like kind of swirling around our heads and then finally like they collided and Lakin was like what if we rent wedding flowers you know and um, I was like okay so we started thinking of that Honestly, my initial reaction was a little hesitant because I think my mind went straight to like your craft store, like Hobby Lobby type flowers. Right. And I was just like, man, for the wedding day, it has to be like top notch. Yeah, you so can't we, use pipe cleaners and cotton balls. Exactly. So we quickly did some research and found that there's like this whole world, this whole industry of like really high end, you know, products available out there. And so once we started researching, we realized quickly that we, you know, could really make this something and take a go at it. So... That's kind of how it all came together. Um, and so really we were, we just, we were just like, you know what, let's go out on a limb, see how it works, throw it out there, see what happens. So we literally like booked flights to New York City, went to the floral district, really for no reason. I don't know why we did that. We thought just that on a whim, let's yeah. go to New York yeah. floral district. Yeah, let's go to the floral district. Come to find out, like the floral district is mostly fresh florals in New York. Okay. So, um, you know, we had a very limited selection of faux flowers to choose from. But we did. And then we came home, you know, we built the first few prototypes of bouquets, centerpieces, um, and really just just enough to like have a photo shoot. Right. So we did that. We had a photo shoot. And then like I built the website. I am no tech person. Okay, Um, so built the website, you know, and just kind of like put it out there and started to see like what the response was. We knew that, you know, kind of introducing this like new concept and especially in the wedding industry which is a very traditional space right like there's so much like society pressures and all these things that go along with like the wedding day and the wedding planning so we knew that it was a risk a little bit to try to see you know if we could change the consumer's mindset to be open to something that was a little more you know I don't know, different than what you would normally expect to have for your wedding day. But we also knew that if we were successful, then there could be really great reward. So that's what we did. And we've been on a mission to like revolutionize the wedding flower industry ever since. So I want to back up a little bit to y'all getting this idea to say, let's see if we can change the game in the floral industry when it comes to weddings and rent out stuff. Right. Was the first initial thought immediately to some artificial products or was it can we rent real flowers and double up on the weddings no it was always like we we were very clear from the very beginning like to use artificial high quality silk flowers that we could rent out over and over of like an extended period of time um so that was always the thought and we also were really clear on like knowing that we would have to like you know, kind of like pre-design everything. We wouldn't be able to do anything custom because it would, the model wouldn't work. Um, that was honestly something that was really hard for me in the very beginning because I think I was so desperate to make any sale that like any request someone would have, I would like, it would be so hard for me to not 
try to accommodate that request. Um, but again, I think we were just like, we had to stay true to that, that concept and knowing like how the model would work. Um, we had to do something that was scalable. And so we just, you know, had to stay true to that. And eventually that has paid off. So it's, it's always part of the early days of a startup or any yeah. entrepreneurial endeavor is that power of the first yes. I know. And just doing anything and everything you can, regardless of what it takes, cost, you lose, you win. You're just like, I just need a customer. Exactly. I need someone to come to me and say, I like your business. Exactly. I like your offerings. I want to use you for X, Y, and Z service or product, whatever yep. it may be. Yep. And getting that first no, do you remember what it was? I mean, I, what, I, what sticks out to me about that is like, like you're saying, like doing anything and everything it takes to try to get a yes. So when we first started the company, I had two, my, my sons were little, so they were like one and two years old. So their weddings were out of the picture as your first customer. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't wait for them. But at that point, like I was still, um, like they were so little, you know, I was do I was working the business, but still like doing it with them at home. And I remember like, you know, local customers reaching out or local people who had interest wanting to see the flowers in person before like making an order. So I remember there was one point where I like loaded up the babies in the car, you know, drove to like the parking lot of the hospital, like opening up my trunk, like showing flowers out of the back of the car, like kids crying, customers like, oh, do you have anything, you know, red? I'm like, let me see what I have here. And so just like slinging flowers at the back of my car, with, like my babies in the backseat. Um, so, you know, we've, we've evolved since then, but yeah, like that those moments where like you literally would just like do anything it takes to get a yes. And guess what? That customer didn't even make an order. So <laughs> it didn't even work out, but it was just like those moments where you just have to like, go through it and it's just part of it. You know, it's just part of it. It's, it's all part of getting that yeah. first customer. You have to prove the concept, especially with something so different. Yes. And you're not just. You're not even offering a complimentary product to a wedding they're already planning. You're offering a total substitute product. Exactly. And you're trying to convince them to go your route over what has been done for however many years exactly. people have been getting married. Yes. And exactly. it's just ultimately a challenging feat to take on, but y'all have done it. You've done right. it so very well. Yeah. Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. So when you were building those first designs and those models, you went against what you thought was gonna be possible of the customization right. within the products. What did you build out? How did you go about building it out? From the very first get-go so you know we would um and we still kind of do this we just we've gotten more sophisticated with how we do it but we essentially just identify what floral trends we see in the market and what our current assortment is missing um and so from the very beginning you know we were like okay we need to have an 
you know, an all white wedding look. We need to have some with a little more greenery. We need to have something with more color, more like traditional, like reds. And so we just identify like a few like specific um, looks that were different and created product lines to fit each collection. So we offer, we currently offer 20 collections. Each collection has everything you need for the bridal party. So you have bouquets, boutonnieres, um, corsages, you have flower girl balls, we have centerpieces in various sizes, we have garlands that coordinate, we have swags, and we, I mean, we have dog collars. I mean, like everything you would need for your wedding day that matches each of those collections. And then we have a full line of decor as well. So the decor includes um, like things like candlesticks and lanterns and neon signs, more complimentary items that have really helped us to increase our average order value over time. Um, so really, it, you know, we still to this day, like we'll conceptualize a new concept, look at like what what's what we're seeing in the industry, what don't we have, and then we'll go and source products needed to be able to build a new collection that way. Okay, and so when you're sitting down with these brides, you're walking through the collections you already have, or oftentimes you find where they're saying, can we put some of this one and some of this one? So we don't do any customization. Okay. So we don't do any customization. So they have to choose from the products that we offer through those collections. Um, And, you know, the thing is with us being an e-com, like online company serving the entire U.S., we don't really sit down with those brides, right? So it's like brides coming to our website and literally like shopping like you would any other e-com site. They see all the products and whatever they want to use for their wedding day, they're adding those items to their cart and then they're, you know, making that order um, for their wedding day. The way we assist or kind of like give more of that like, you know, sitting down kind of mentality is through all the content that we put out. So we have multiple channels. We have, of course, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the YouTube channel. Um, and we really put, we really create content that shows the customers like how they can use all the products that we offer in so many different ways. And so it really helps them to like visualize and plan for what look they're looking to achieve. Um, it's also great because we are able to use user generated content. So all of the couples that we've been part of their weddings, so many of them love sharing their photos with us. And so we get to share all of that, like real wedding um, all those real wedding photos and videos again, so couples can see, oh, this is how it's going to look in my venue at this time of year with the same color bridesmaid dress I'm already thinking of using. And so they're able to kind of see it that way. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how we do it. Um, what was I, I was going to say something else here. I forgot. So on the national scale, being yes. able to sell across digitally, when yeah. was that converted? Because it sounds like the first one you did was like the shady of shady deals in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that was just like a one-time thing. <laughs> how, how, how did we get from there to being able to say, let's just do this nationally? Okay, so that actually was also like from the beginning, we we were like, look, if we're going to do this, we want to do it big. We weren't, this is not ever intended to be like a hobby kind of thing. Um, I say that, but like, there was also a time where we considered success to be like 12 weddings a month. We thought that would be like, okay, if we can do 12 weddings a month, that like that would the business would be that's a lot. That's a lot of weddings just in general. Well, I, I mean, mean well, yeah. For for me, it sounds like okay. a lot of weddings. <laughs> I mean, how many, what to quickly put a pin in that, how many weddings are you all doing today on average? Okay, month? so we've done over 30,000 weddings to date. Okay. Um, Holy smokes. We do between like, 
a thousand to fifteen hundred weddings a month right now, but we're like on track to do about two thousand weddings per month by the end of the year. All right, now let's go back to that twelve weddings a month yeah. with success. Yeah. So um, that was the initial like thought of like this would be okay if we can get twelve weddings a month, this would be viable. Um, you know, company, but so but we always had the intention of like having a wider reach. It was never um, we never really were aiming for a local market. We knew that the need was valid across you know the country um so we always thought like shipping was very important to us from the very beginning um in fact one of the first things we did was like figure out like the packaging materials that would be required in order to ship the products so that they would be um shipped like safely and arrive intact without any damage um during transit and that's actually a prototype that we created like way back then that we're still like using today as far as like the foam inserts that we use um, we've modified it and improved it, but it's really like something that's been there since day one. Um, so yeah, that whole, like the, you know, kind of like national expansion has been like the goal from the beginning. So getting that national set up yeah. and going into the model of shipping it out. Yep. I mean, what, what does that packaging look like to make sure that the stuff gets how it's supposed to be? I mean, cause shipping flowers is not easy real or fake, mm-hmm. because you have this perfect structure that you've created that has to maintain for them to put it on the table. Yep. So what what does that packaging look like? What, what do the brides expect whenever they open the box? Yep. So the beauty of the products that we offer is that they are pre-designed, pre-assembled. They're ready to go out of the box, right? So like centerpieces come to you in the vases intact. Like you literally take the centerpiece out of the box, put it on the table, and you're ready to host. Um, now there might be a little fluffing needed if you want, you know, but for the most part, products arrive intact because of the shipping advancements that we've made. So we actually, um, custom make these foam inserts and it's made with like this dense material that really like absorbs any kind of like shock. And there's like different size holes depending on what products being shipped. So there's one like you know, style that we have that fits nine bouquets in it. So it fits like a larger bridal party. We can fit all the bouquets and then smaller things inside that one box. And then if you're ordering like larger centerpieces, we have a different type of foam that fits centerpieces inside and keeps those nice and neat. So depending on the product that's being shipped, we have like shipping inserts that match the product. Um, And again, it just like keeps the products like, you know, intact during transit. And so when the bride opens the box, she's like, delighted at what she's receiving right so the products are like look beautiful we also include a floral scented paper on top if the bride selects that option so the flower it smells like real flowers um the packaging is beautiful and branded there's an interior message inside of the box that like wishes them well and says like you know the message is like we hope these flowers become part of your best memories um and so every little detail of like when she's receiving the box when she's you know taking the products out is all like really just special and high quality for that moment to be memorable yeah, I mean, because that's a big part of yeah. every wedding yeah. is the flowers yeah. and the decoration and the scene that they set. Exactly. It tells the story. Like, the flowers set the tone for the wedding. It sets the color. It sets the vibe. You know, um, so it just kind of, yeah, it goes, it, you know, it, it takes it to that level or it takes it to that place where you're imagining it. Um, but, yeah, we get feedback from our brides that, like, you know, m- uh, my mom and I opened the flowers and we were both in tears receiving the flowers for the wedding, just 
of, you know, happy tears, of course. Right. Um, about being so excited about what that represents. The flowers get delivered three days before the event date. So it is like kind of like one of these like, ooh, like exciting moments, like getting closer, you know. Um, so it's a it's a cool moment for us to be part of. So when you first had those sales coming in, was there any pushback about them being artificial versus getting real flowers? I mean, how was that selling pitch to the first customers or were they just like, oh my gosh, is this an alternative that exists? Yeah. yeah, let me do it. Yeah. I think there's always a mix. I mean, we still have like, you know, some like hesitation or some pushback. Um, you know, we laugh because usually the hesitation and pushback comes from like the mother of the bride. <laughs> it's usually the, it's not the way she her wedding. Was. Right, right. Brides, I think today's brides, especially those who are um, more savvy or maybe more in control or maybe they're the ones like, you know, footing the bill for a lot of their wedding. Um, they're definitely a lot more open to it. Um, some, you know, some people are like still a little hesitant or unsure and totally get that. Um, so we've done things to kind of like remove those barriers or remove those um, insecurities about what you're, you know, could be receiving. So we offer a preview pack option. So before you place your large wedding flower order, you can um, opt to place a preview preview pack order, which means you'll receive two products. You can choose between bridesmaids bouquets or centerpieces. You see it in person. You get to, you know, see the quality, see the color, the style, make sure you're comfortable with everything before placing that like big wedding order. We also do virtual styling sessions. So since we are, you know, a national, um, actually international Canada as well, um, brand, we schedule virtual styling. You can schedule a virtual, virtual styling session with one of our floral stylists and they'll show you the product. They'll like talk to you about any like questions you have and really like kind of go a little bit deeper if you need that extra like expertise to be involved. Um, and then we also have products in like, I can't, I don't even know the number anymore. Um, over a hundred bridal dress retailers, um, all 50 Bella bridesmaids locations across the U S um, so different, uh, several different retail locations across the country. And you can actually go to our website. If you type in your zip code, it'll tell you like find blooms near me. And it'll tell you if anywhere like in your area has our products in store. So that way you can visit that storefront. You can see the product, you know, in person to kind of get a better sense of things. So, um, that's one way we've tried to just kind of like continue to educate the customer on like, here's offering, here's how we're different, yes, but here's the benefits that go along with it as well. This episode is proudly presented by Gage. Gage is a local company here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For over 40 years, Gage has provided businesses with the very best telecommunications, IT, and standby power services available. Gage has a variety of services, including Gage Cloud Voice. It is the last phone system your business will ever need. You need to give your business the ability to be accessible anytime, anywhere, and with Gage's cloud-based phone system, you'll be able to accomplish just that. Not only do they have Gage Cloud Voice, they have fully managed IT services that are proactive network monitoring, 24-7-365, help desk, business, content, Continuity, they are there for you. What you're also going to need is some cybersecurity. Gage is there to safeguard your business from potential cyber threats, even when you aren't aware they exist. Gage also is power and leaders in standby generators. They are the number one Cummins dealer on the Gulf Coast and provide generators to homes and businesses of any size so you can keep life going. Gage, better connected, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. 
So how did you go about partnering up with those different venues and boutiques to get your products in their storefront so brides could see it when they were shopping for other products? Yeah, I think that was something that like a few years ago was kind of evidence us like, okay, we've got the e-com thing going. You know, we know that some customers don't need that extra um, validation. Like there's majority of our customers go to the website, check out and never have, you know, there's no any additional like kind of like um, education needed. But we knew that for others, like we said, they needed that one-on-one or like, you know, way to kind of see the product in person. And so we were trying to figure out a placement for like how this would make sense. Like, and we knew that, you know, the bridal dress, like moment of when you're purchasing your bridal dress is such a important moment. And we also knew during that time, um, a lot of times when you're about to say yes to the dress, the bridal stylist will know that that, you know, moment is coming. And so to kind of like bring it all together, they'll like get a veil to put in your hair. They'll get a bouquet to let you hold. So that way it really makes that moment like come together. And we knew that a lot of these bridal retail salons um, had just like kind of like, you know, whatever like little cheapy bouquet they get their hands on. And we really also thought this is a tool for the bride, bridal dress retailer to be able to upsell their customers on the wedding dresses, right? So, like, if a bride comes in and has fallen in love with a bridal dress that's totally outside of her budget, and you as a salesperson is having a hard time, like, closing the sale, you can pull in a Something Bar Blooms bouquet, get her excited, get the moment going, and say, like, hey, look, here's a way you could save thousands of dollars in your wedding budget by renting your flowers, which then allows her to take that budget and spend it and splurge on the wedding dress of her dreams. Right. Brilliant. So we've been working the last several years. We've gone to like different markets where we, we meet with like, um, independent, like bridal salon owners across the country and onboard them for our affiliate program. And it's really just a partnership where we provide the product to them. So like, here are the bouquets. This is how you use it. This is how we see the most success. You know, we have like trainings for them. And um, we have some of, you know, some of our partners say like, you know, they'll say like things like this bouquet has helped me sell more dresses than anything else, you know? Um, So that's been really cool to see. And a lot of those are like, you know, individually owned, like all across the U.S. I think we probably have close to 200 of those right now. And then we just launched a new partnership this past week with Bella Bridesmaids. So Bella Bridesmaids is um, a franchise, uh, model, but they have 45 locations across the country. And, um, you know, of course we met with their corporate team, same thing, but we also knew that this, a, a, a new discovery, not new, but I guess like another thing we were just kind of like a pain point that we saw that we had a way to solve it was, um, you know, our brides were always like posting pictures in our Facebook group saying, what would this floral collection look like with this color dress? Or like, how do you think these two would look together? And so we knew that when you're planning for your bridesmaid's dress, it's also the time that you start planning for your florals. Like those two things kind of go together because that's when the color story of the wedding really starts to happen. And so um, we were like, okay, how can we get like in like that, that bridesmaid moment, you know? And Bella Bridesmaid is really the only like Nash, like large, not, I don't want to say chain, but like large scale um, operation across the country. And so we did a partnership deal with them. So same thing. They'll have a selection of um, something Barb Bloom's bouquets in their stores. And it's really a great way for, um, you know, for them to get foot traffic in stores too. Like we're promoting 
this on our end so our customers can search and see that the Bella Bridesmaids in their hometown has some of our blooms. They can go in, see the products, also, of course, see the dresses at the same time. Um, so really, like this experience of being able to try on dresses and flowers at the same time, it's like an unparalleled shopping experience that like no one else has done. Um, so we're really excited about this partnership. Now, that is absolutely genius yeah. and incredible to bring all those products yeah. together because it's true. You're looking at photos online, yes. then you're looking at the flowers, and it's you're trying to marry these up yes. and like, how is this going to look in person? Right. What am I going to know? What am I going to see? But it's also for y'all getting the product out there and more hands, more eyes. And like, I didn't even, some brides are probably thinking, I didn't even know this was an option. Exactly. And now they know it's an option. Mm -hmm. And then you also have them instantly being able to trust the product. Yep. Because they know the quality's there. Yep. They know what they're going to get is going to match. And it's going to look exactly what they're after. I mean, I just, you know, hats off to you. That is ingenious marketing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thank you. We were really <laughs> excited about that. So how did you start actually getting the stuff shipped out to the customers? Was there a concern that you weren't going to get them back? Um, not a huge concern. It's it's very similar to how you would expect to be, you know, what you expect with a tuxedo rental, right? Their, your credit card's on file. You know if you don't send it back. They're, giving, they're charging me the whole price for the tux. Exactly. And we have the same terms and conditions in our policy as well. So when the customer checks out, that's exactly what they're agreeing to. If something doesn't come back, you know, if it, if it doesn't get returned, of course, they'll be charged a fee for an unreturned uh, item fee. Same thing if something gets returned that's like damaged, you know, beyond normal wear and tear. It's not the same fee. But, I've seen um, a couple tuxedos rip on the dance yeah, floor. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's something we deal with, of course. I think like maybe like less than 1% of the products that we ship out don't get returned. Um, but it's it wasn't ever, it wasn't like a deterrent. Like we knew we'd be able to work through it. Have you ever run into a situation in the beginning days when you didn't have the supply you have now, I'm yeah. sure, where you're like, okay, we need that collection back yes. on a Monday yes. because we've got to get it to the bride on Wednesday. And it's first weddings in New York, second weddings in California. Mm -hmm. What did you do? There were, yeah, there were a lot of moments like that in the early days when like, you know, our inventory was limited. Um, our resources were limited. Like it was still when, you know, it was me and maybe somebody else packing shipping orders and answering the phones and, you know, doing all the things, wearing all the hats. Um, there were times where it got really tight. Honestly, we would, we would make it work. We would take apart other inventory that was sitting on the shelf that wasn't being used that week and reassemble it into the product that the customer had ordered if we needed to. Um, we would find replacement stems. So maybe there, it wasn't the exact same white rose, but we had a similar white rose. We would build new product to make it work. Um, so there were, in the early days, it was a lot of just like, okay, whatever it takes to get this out is what we're going to do. And so it was a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to say like, chaos it felt like <laughs> chaos organized um, chaos yeah so i'm so glad that we've gotten to the point where like now our inventory planning and like merchandising is a lot more strategic and so is our the tech to run the business like back in the day we were operating off of like an excel spreadsheet that i would Love like it go type in, oh, this order came in. Okay, I'm going to add three of these centerpieces on week 39, you know, and it was very manual. I mean, we had a filing system like manila folders that were like in the order of like when the wedding occurred. 
And I mean, that's how we managed it back then. Um, And then since then, you know, we've invested heavily. We've built like custom tech to run the business at scale. So everything on the back end is proprietary. Um, We spent the last, you know, several years building that. Still continuing to innovate there. Um, The reverse logistics piece of our business is huge to know, like for our, our warehouse management system manages the inventory, but it knows when the product needs to be shipped, when it's going to be returned based on the that particular customer's event date, where their location is, you know, all these factors that go into play. So we know like when that product's going to be back in-house and when it'll be available for the next wedding to be shipped. So we've gotten a lot more <laughs> advanced um, in that department. So it's been great. But um, it, it took a lot of work to get there, you yeah, know, a lot of sleepless nights. It's not something that happens overnight. No. And in the very beginning... Before we even had a team, Lakin, my co-founder, was the one who was, like, making most of the products at her house. She lives in Luling, which is St. Charles Parish, where we both grew up. Okay. And I was living in Lafayette. That's not a close drive. No. So we would, like, <laughs> I, like I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Lakin, we need three more prize bouquets. And we were, like, meeting halfway in Baton Rouge. It's our meeting point all the time. Love it. Like, meeting, you know, or sending somebody's mom's coming this way. Okay, you need to pick up this box of flowers and send this back to her. And it was a lot of like that, just like back and forth again, just like making making things happen. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away. It's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. Way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. So every business scales. Yep. And walk me through the progression of y'all scaling. First, I'm assuming this is in somebody's living room. Yes, actually, it was in our, it was in my man cave. <laughs> Wait, hang on. In my husband's man cave. So, so not only do you make the comment that yeah. if my husband can do this, so can I. Yeah. How hard can it really be? Right, right. You then told your husband, "Hey, I'm doing this." By the way, you lose your man cave. <laughs> right, exactly. Walk me through that particular dinner conversation. Yeah, so yeah, the man cave quickly became the flower room. <laughs> um, so that was fun. But no, I mean, I think I say this all the time. I'm like. Thank goodness I'm married to another entrepreneur because, like, he gets it. And I think he was so excited about the potential. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, what do we need to do? (laughs) So he was like, get all the, you know, stuff out of here. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when we started, I was like, look, we need space. We need to figure this out. Like, upstairs is available for now, right? So I'm taking this over. And when we first started, like, we even had, like, team members. Like, we hired a few part-time people, and they would, like, come to my house. (laughs) Like, we'd go upstairs and you know, build flower, make flowers, ship products, do all the things at home. And then, 
Um, that was only for pro- less than a year. And then we uh, moved into like a really small office space in the oil center in Lafayette. You know, I think scaling, especially with like, um, you know, being tight on cash flow and all the things, I think what one of the most difficult things I think for a small starting startup is no, like scaling this, the space and the footprint you're going to need because it's like you have to sign a lease and the lease is probably longer than the actual time that it's going to take you to outgrow that space you're in, but you don't have the capital on hand to go lease out a bigger space that you know you're going to need and you're going to fill up in the next five years. So, you know, we leased a, an office, um, outgrew that before the lease was up. So had to like, you know, figure that whole thing out, um, moved into a new warehouse. And so I think we went from like a thousand square feet to maybe 4,000 square feet. And then we probably operated out of that building. Uh, let's see, we did an expansion there two years ago. Yeah, end of 2021. Okay. And um, we added on like 12,000 square feet to that existing 4,000. Holy so, smokes. So yeah, and then we, so, um, so about 16,000 square feet and the main warehouse is where we're in now. And then we have two additional warehouses down the street. So total, we're close, but about 20,000 square, 20, square feet is our current footprint. And um, we're actually looking to expand again. Good news is our landlord's amazing and I love him. And he had the, the space available to add on to the, that building. And then he also owns the lot next door that he's looking to create another building on. So I have first dibs on that. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So you learned along the way yeah. that, hey, I need, I need to get rights right. to expansion right. grounds within the network. Exactly. So, okay, so you've got roughly 20,000 square mm-hmm. feet, and you only have one warehouse. Like yes. once You're only in one city right. currently with yep. your warehouses. Exactly. Are y'all exploring like a, a drop shipping model where you're going to expand into different warehouses across the country? What does that expansion footprint look like to the degree that y'all are at now? Yep. So I would say... Two years ago, I would my answer would have been yes. We would have considered we were considering doing like um, additional warehouse locations, a second distribution center. Uh, the reason was at the time our shipping costs were higher than we needed them to be. However, over the last two years, we've worked really hard and gotten our margins at like a really strong spot. Our shipping costs have gone down significantly. And it's been a few factors um, go into that. But because of that, it's proven that, like, we can actually operate profitably with from this one location and still serve the entire U.S. We wouldn't see much gain or improvement on the actual shipping cost if we were in multiple distribution centers. Okay. Um, so the thought right now is that we could expand here, um, still serve the same audience, and keep our expenses in line with where we need them to be um, to operate profitably. So I don't see the immediate need for a second distribution center. And the reason why, you know, it's a lot to consider if you were going to do that. It takes a lot to run the business from a product standpoint. So from the actual manufacturing and like production of our finished goods we have a whole team of you know floral designers most of who have fresh floral experience who work for us now who are producing building creating all of our products that we offer Um, we have 
20,000 units of inventory for available for rent. So a lot of product. When that product gets returned, our team has to be trained and specialized in revamping and getting those products back to quality standards before it goes out on the shelf to be shipped out again. And we've gotten to a point where we can do that in less than 24 hours. We can get a full truckload of products being returned. Our team can re- like uh, receive them in, quality control those products and get them back on the shelf to be picked packed and shipped within 24 hours and that has like we've worked really hard at hitting that like um milestone that was was the metric the 24-hour turnaround yes because that means our turns on products increase (laughs) and you know the rental models it's pretty obvious but like um you know our hard costs are covered for most products on rental one. So in rental two is when we start generating profit. So the more turns we get out of every profit, yeah, or out of every product, the more profitable we become. So it's really like this game of like, how frequently can you turn a product? Um, so from that point of view, like logistically, like to keep the products in one location and be able to utilize them more frequently um, right now is like the, a more strategic way to approach it than having, you know, multiple distribution centers with multiple products, multiple teams. Um, so right now we're, we're more focused on expanding here because we've been able to get, you know, those um, metrics in, pl- in line with where we needed them to be. So that's where we are. So one product, how long is that life? It varies. It can depend, but we have products on the shelf that have been on the shelf for years, like three, four years. What we do is when we quality check it, if we don't ever, we don't typically discard of a product like altogether. If it comes back and there's some greenery that looks like it's a little too worn, or maybe there's a rose that has a stain on it, we just replace that one single component. So that one rose comes out, we get a brand new of that same rose, put it back in, product stays in rotation and goes out again. So, um, you know, we that's how we revamp or, or refresh the products in between rentals if when needed. So because of that, we're able to keep those products on the shelf intact and in rotation for longer periods of time. And are y'all developing everything and creating the actual product itself stateside or are these coming from overseas? So we source the raw material. So the, what we consider raw materials like individual stems. So Okay, so not the actual silk fabric. No. Okay. So it's like a finished rose, a finished hydrangea, gotcha. you know, a vase, you know. So we have all these components and then we assemble those to create the finished good. So our team is the one who like produces the finished good so we're sourcing those raw materials from wholesalers who um, the factories are overseas so when you first came into town kind of backing up a little bit from the competitor standpoint when you offered this alternative product Mm -hmm. were you getting calls from other florists in the area like what are you doing (laughs) you're trying to take away our business yeah not necessarily calls but a lot of facebook comments from (laughs) no way you know, floral people that didn't think very highly of us. And I think what the biggest, like, you know, it's so funny to see how, what what the perception is like online versus in reality. Because I think just from seeing like the ads or the marketing, it's like, you know, the perception is, oh, this is some big name company that's going to ruin your, you know, small business local florist and at the time i mean we're still i'm like 
hey, I'm I'm a small business owner too. Like I'm I'm out here like doing the same thing you're doing, right? Like trying to make a living, growing a team, like supporting, you know, all of this stuff, and like kind of getting backlash just about like kind of being like this big mean company, even though I'm like, that's really not who we are. Um, but the other thing is like, you know, along the, along the way, over the years, we've started like having more conversations with florists and it's actually really interesting to see how that shift is starting to happen. I think florists are seeing that the customer's expectation for wedding day florals is getting bigger and higher and like greater you know they see everything on tiktok and pinterest and they want the big floral installs and all like all these elements of the of the wedding day but their budgets aren't necessarily matching like the expectation and so florists are feeling really pinched to be able to deliver what the customer wants at the price point they're price point they're willing to pay but still make a profit right and so the conversations we've been having with florists are like hey look you can actually utilize our product to supplement some of the weddings that you're currently working. And they're seeing the value of like, oh, wow, yeah, I can rent maybe, you know, maybe I'll rent some grand centerpieces, the large focal point centerpieces that are going to be used in like the reception area and still provide like the fresh floral bouquets for the bride. But I can offer them some cost savings because they're not doing everything fresh. And so the benefit for the florists is that their margins go up they're making more profit it's taking them less time to produce for that wedding and they're not having to house this inventory we send it to them they have it for the weekend they send it back they can mark it up they can mark um they can add a service fee if they want to for like handling something bar blooms products for that customer so there's ways that we can kind of work together um and so because of that um, like more and more florists are like oh wait yeah i I see the benefit now I, i see how this could work and let's face it there's always going to be the customer who where price point is not an issue and she's going to spend the twenty thousand thirty thousand dollars on flowers and those fresh florists are going to like be able to serve that customer beautifully like that's not the same customer that we have right so i think there's always room for you know multiple ways to do it everybody has a seat at the table um but it is interesting to see how florists are seeing how they can actually utilize our products to better accommodate their customers. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. Well, exactly to your point, there's so much room for a hybrid wedding Mm -hmm. where if the bride says, I want to have my bouquet has to be fresh flowers, but everyone else says, I don't care about it. And at the end of the day, it's all about the photos, right? It's all mm-hmm. about how it looks right. as in long their as it wedding looks good. album, yeah. on their walls, what have you. 
you're not going to remember necessarily what that centerpiece right. smelled like. I mean, because when you get down to it, and you could even add, I'm sure, some scents to the flowers yep. that y'all do, that y'all mm-hmm. have. It's like you're not going to have people walking up to that big old, you know, centerpiece and looking at it and walking them and like giving a little sniff yeah. test. Like yeah. how many people are doing that at weddings? Right. They're focused on the food, the drinks, and other elements yes. that aren't necessarily the center tables. But right. In the photos, mm-hmm. you're always going to remember what flower was yep. on that table, yep. what flower was in the hand, what was the bouquet that you tossed. That will always be remembered, but not necessarily was it real or was it artificial. Mm-hmm. So on that note, can you actually make the flowers have a certain scent to them? So we do offer the flowers to be scented or unscented. Some of our customers come to us because they have allergies or yeah. scent aversions, and so they can't use fresh flowers. So those customers would not opt for this. But we do have the option during the checkout process that you can select to have your flowers scented. And if you select that, then your flowers are packed with um, like a a floral scented paper on top. And so the flowers kind of like absorb the scent in in the packaging and while while they're being shipped. And so when you open the box, it like smells like real flowers. The flowers absorb that scent and um, it smells really beautiful. So yeah, it's like this really beautiful gardenia scent. So then on the on that note of allergen specific, yep. do you all then have to have separate areas in the warehouse that have been scented and have not been scented? No, because... Or does it really carry that far? I'm yeah, not educated in this space. Yeah, no, it doesn't carry that far. So, like, the, the pa- we use a paper okay. that is scented. That gets packed with the boxes that want to be scented. And then the ones that don't just don't get that paper. And so when the products get returned and they go through revamp and they get on the shelf again, there's like time where there's no scent being applied to those florals. And so they kind of lose the scent. And so if they're shipped out without that floral scented paper, like they're not going to have a strong, they're not going to have a scent whenever they arrive to the customer. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't even think about the whole allergen side of the business yeah. where it's now a true alternative right. for brides who couldn't or were worrying about why well, right. I can't never have flowers at my wedding. I know. Because it's of my allergies. more common than you think. Is it? Mm-hmm. So how many people do you think or do you even know that come to the business that are like, oh, I, I used, like in their review, they're like, I used you because I had allergies and yeah. you saved my wedding or whatever. I know. I don't have like an exact number, but like the, the times I've seen that, like or I've seen or I've heard the conversations with customer service, like it's, it's pretty frequent. I would say a couple a month, like, you know, several a month that I hear conversations about like the allergy concern and how we can help with that. Yeah. And I mean, now you're, you're truly with, just from a pure cost saving standpoint, you're allowing brides to have weddings they couldn't have even imagined. Right. Because it's not cheap yeah. to have flowers at a wedding. Yeah. I mean, because you, you got to think about the alternatives or the solutions that you're able to provide that they can't. One, you don't have to worry about those flowers being chilled. Yep. You don't have to worry about climate controlled shipping. Exactly. Which, if you're ordering something in town, you've got to use somebody local. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to pay just astronomical shipping rates because right. that's not cheap. For any climate shipping. Mm-hmm. And now you're able to just put it on whatever you need to and get it out the door. Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. So what are y'all's, we talked a little about expansion from a warehouse standpoint. Mm-hmm. What's up and coming for the next few years? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we're really close to capturing our 1% of the U.S. wedding market. 1%? Yes. And but our goal is to capture ten percent market share. So we're on a path to ten percent, is what we like to say. <laughs> um, and you know, I say this all the time, and it's uh, it is I mean it so 
to me, it, it is like so obvious. But if you lined up 10 brides in this room right now mm. and gave them all the option to rent their wedding flowers, I guarantee you one of them would say yes, right? So it's really on, we're just on this mission to continue to educate, have brand awareness out there so that brides can make this informed decision and say, hey, you know what? Renting my wedding flowers is the perfect solution for me. So we're really on this path to 10%. Um, that's ultimately what we're after. Um, so there's two and a half million weddings in the U.S. every year. So we want 10% of that. That's a, that's a lot of flowers. I know, I know. And probably a lot more warehouse space. Sure is. Yeah, then we might start talking about the distribution center. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, big goals for us this year more immediately. We're really excited about, like, just growth, but really more focused on, like, some customer-facing enhancements. We're going to be doing some new, like, tech features, front-end enhancements that we haven't really been able to put a lot of resources towards in the past two years. We've been more focused on, like, back-end stuff, infrastructure making sure we're really stable there. But now we're kind of able to shift gears and do some things on the front end, more customer facing, which I think the customers are going to be really excited about. Um, the Bella Bridesmaids partnership, just really kind of like expanding that. We also have like some brand ambassador programs that are really starting to take off for us. I think we'll be more focused on growth um, outside of like paid social, which is how we've like been achieving most of our growth up until this point. But now we're going to like we're just trying to like explore more options and like be more creative with how to, you know, grow outside of that. So we have a brand ambassador program with, with wedding professionals um, that we're seeing really good results from. And then we also have like an influencer program that's doing well for us. So just kind of, you know, continuing to get creative and um, get more ways, have more ways to like share about our company and get our brand out there. So have y'all explored different product offerings for different types of events outside of weddings, like rehearsal dinners or even parties, birthdays, corporate events, yes. what have you? Yes. So I'm glad you asked <clears throat> about that because it's another big area for us uh, of opportunity that we know is like out there. It's like low hanging fruit. In fact, we, we know we're already getting orders for events that are outside of the wedding day organically. We haven't gone after that business, but it's coming to us. We currently don't have a way to track it. Like we don't have a way to say this is for a wedding. This is for a birthday party. This is for a corporate event. Um, but we know it's happening just through the interactions we're having with our customers. Um, in fact, right now, Mardi Gras season, our Mardi Gras business has oh, picked up through the roof, like in Lafayette, like I guess one person <laughs> uses for their ball and now everybody's using us. So that's been really exciting. But, um, I mean, we've gotten orders from like Microsoft, the Hilton, like, you know, like I think big companies. Yeah. Yeah. Big companies. They're seeing like, OK, you know, we have this mission of sustainability and, um, you know, being less wasteful and we're hosting these luncheons or whatever it might be. So why are we going to go and spend all this money and then have all this waste with buying fresh flowers? Right. Or we can, you know, prove to our shareholders, our stakeholders, whoever they may be, like, this is how we're living out that mission of sustainability. This is how we're going to, like, continue to, you know, incorporate this in all aspects of what we're doing. And so they are seeing that as an option. So we're, you know, sending centerpieces to, like, these big corporate events. We're doing these things that are definitely outside of wedding day, but our products lend themselves to so many other um, event types. 
So we know that that's something that's an opportunity for us. We've been really laser focused on the wedding industry. And I think until we make a, you know, a little more like headway on like that market share, um, then we'll be able to kind of like expand into some of these other um, complimentary, you know, events or event spaces. Um, but it's, it's out there. One of our tech, um, I think, you know, items on the wish list is um, to create like a front end that is less geared towards weddings. Because right now our website is totally like wedding day. Like right. all the visual assets are wedding day. It's asking you when your wedding date is, not when your event date is. So the thought would be to take our existing products, but, um, you know, create a different interface for the, a different customer. So it would be more um, just event focused and we'd be able to serve that customer better on that kind of platform. Once that's in place, then we can probably go after that market a little bit harder. Yeah, even almost like a, what type, what is your event type? Yeah. Like just an initial launch page. Oh, it's a wedding. Oh, it's a corporate event. Yep. Oh, it's a personal whatever mm-hmm. or other. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but we are seeing interesting in the wedding, like um, bigger wedding orders. And we're noticing like multiple collections within the order. And we, we're pretty sure what that means is that they're u- using us for multiple events that are leading up to the wedding day. So now there's, you know, weddings now, they can be three, four day long events and they're having a welcome party and then a rehearsal dinner and then a brunch and a this and a that. And they're using products from Something Bar Blooms for every single one of those um, events, which is great because yeah, they're spending more with us, but we're also able to provide everything they need from, you know, one source. Right. So it makes it easier for the customer. And um, we're able to, you know, get more market share that way as well. Well, I mean, if you have cost savings of upwards of 70% and you're initially going with your head of this is the budget for, for florals. Yep. And then you realize this option is available. It's, I mean, for me, I'm like, okay, well, wait, now let's do it for this right. party, for this party, for this party. And we're still not to our original budget. Exactly. And we're saving here, but now we've got floral arrangements for rehearsal dinner, yep. welcome party, the bridal lunch in the day before, the groom's mm-hmm. lunch. Like, now you've got all these different elements you can have floral arrangements for that beforehand was never even a thought. Exactly. It was just, let's just inexpensively get this thing done. Mm-hmm. Here's the budget. But now there's so much more room to play yeah. that I could, that makes complete sense. Yeah. That's incredible. Now yeah. you're a multi-solution platform. Right. And did you ever think that you would get to this level when you first started in your husband's man cave? <laughs> <laughs> in the man-turned-floral cave? Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, again, at the beginning, we defined success as 12 weddings a month. Right now, we're doing 1,000 to 1,500 weddings a month, right? So now we have a new definition of success. You know, now we're talking about 10% of market share. So I think it just evolves as you continue to grow. And I think that's part of like an entrepreneur's journey. It's like, you know, okay, you hit one milestone, you achieve that. But before you even can like get excited about it, you're already thinking about what's next. You know, it's like, okay, that's done. But now what are we looking forward to? So, um, but yeah, I would say from the beginning, you know, when we had the thought, it was like, okay, if we're going to do this, let's, let's really do this, like, and um, make it something big. So do you find that in your course of the last, you know, eight or nine years, you've set more solid benchmarks to get to, or has it been more incremental steps with this overall theme? Like, for example, your 10% market share, Mm -hmm. but here's the little goals that we have to accomplish along the way. Or has it just been 10% market share, whatever happens before then is great, but that's not the goal. How do you structure as an entrepreneur those different levels of success and those tiers of sorts Mm -hmm. to get to that 10% market I think it's definitely been more incremental, and I think that helps us um, 
to to feel like you're making progress towards the bigger goal. I think to have like some, you know, milestones along the way are important. So that way you can see when you've hit a certain level that you were only, you know, you were anticipating a, a year ago. Um, and so like the milestones are important to mark like, okay, now we're at, you know, I remember when 60 weddings a month was like a big milestone for us. And, um, you know, so as you go, you kind of have these moments or, you know, things you're working towards. And I think that ultimately helps you get towards a bigger goal. I think if you, you know, have your eye on the prize, but you know that there's going to be steps along the way and kind of say, okay, here, here's we are, where we are today. Here's where we need to be tomorrow. And then next year we'll be, you know, at the next level. Right. Yeah. There's so incremental. Little, there's a little baby steps. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So as we start to wrap up the show, we kind of like to ask every guest the same set of four questions. Oh, gosh. So, first one being, I mean, you've had incredible success so far. You're on your way to achieving that big, big goal. What are, like, three lessons or three uh, things that come to mind about your successful journey so far? Okay. Um, one, I would say, this is from the beginning, don't let perfection get in the way of progress. And I know that's cliche, but... I think when you, you know, when we first started, we knew the initial product, like the website that I built, the first bouquet that we created, like there was a part of me that knew it wasn't perfect, but there was also a part of me that was so excited just to get it out there that like, I knew we just had to continue that momentum, like just keep going. And I think so many times you can get so stuck on like not wanting to put anything out there until you feel like it's the absolutely best thing you've ever done before that it can really stop you from making any progress. And I think the whole point, this is what I've really learned is like the whole point of growing a company is that you're better today than you were yesterday. And if not, then you're not really growing anymore. So like I should look back on what we're doing today and be like, oh, God, about it, you know, five years from now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I should yeah, look back yeah, yeah. and be like, oh, my God, look where we were and look where we are now. And But that's, like, that's the part of it. Like, and if you if you aren't okay with that, it can really prevent you from, like, achieving amazing things. And so just don't let perfection get in the way of that, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, I think... Also kind of like talking through what we were talking about earlier um, about like people like being naysayers or being like comfortable with that as well. At the beginning, I, I feel like I struggled with people. Who, I, w- I struggled with um, negative reaction about the concept or what we're doing. And I read something one time that's just stuck with me. And I say, talk about this all the time. And it was this concept of like, if you're doing something worthwhile and revolutionary, it should invoke polarizing responses. You should have people saying, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. This is so terrible. How could you even come up with this idea? And you should also have people saying like, this is the best thing I've ever heard heard of. This is brilliant and amazing. And oh my God, thank you for creating this. 
Because if you get something in the middle where it's like, oh, okay, nice, <laughs> then that means you're probably not doing anything that's really worth it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I remind myself of that when I get those really negative, you know, responses. And when I get those really positive ones, it's like it's because we're doing something that's different and we're changing the game and we're changing people's mindsets. So you have to not only expect, but like welcome that polarizing feedback because that means you're doing something right. Yeah. So that's another big one for me. Yeah. You're not just living your life down the middle lane. Yeah. You're actually making a change. Middle lane, you know, you'll get there. But it might not be as exciting. <laughs> and I like a little more excitement. So <laughs> You're driving like against traffic yes. down the interstate at this rate. <laughs> You're like, everybody's going this way, doing the normal thing. I'm trying to turn around right. traffic. Right. But it is hard to get, you know, when you when you take that approach, it is, it's hard. So I feel like that to me has been like such a good, like guiding light for me not to get like too caught up in the negative. And it makes me feel like good about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think you've got a customer base that's gradually accepting yeah. on and really latching on to the idea you have. Oh yeah, which is like a testament to the quality of the products that y'all oh. are serving and how y'all's process is. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that we've been part of over thirty thousand weddings so far. That's a lot. That's a lot. And the like, if you look, like the reviews are just like so incredible. Like, when I stop and really think about that and read those reviews, it's like, ugh, all the naysayers can. <laughs> they can stay behind their keyboards. Exactly. <laughs> and I think the last one's, like, kind of simple, but it's just, like, you know, there's a lot that goes into building a business. There's a lot of things you don't know. And I think the most important thing for me is every day I'm just, like, I'm just, you just have to do do the next right thing. It's, like. You might not know the answer today. You might not know what that's going to mean tomorrow. But if you can go to bed at night and say, I know that I made the right choice and I did the I, I did the right thing. I feel like I, you know, it was the right thing to do. Then, you know, it'll be hard to have regrets about yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah, just taking it day by day. Yeah. Making sure you were the best version you could for that day. Yeah, do the next right thing. I like it. Mm -hmm. So what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Something I did as a kid. Oh, gosh. I mean, so many things. Um, I don't know where to go with this one. We've had people say jump off roofs. We've had yeah. people say uh, move or like run. You know, yeah. it could be anything that you did as a kid, however... However you think of it. I know. I guess like when I think about being a kid, like my best memories are like riding my bike with my friends in my neighborhood, barefoot in the summertime, carefree. So I guess riding my bike with my friends. Oh, well, barefoot. That, like, <laughs> barefoot. That's, that's totally not yeah. what's going to happen now. So yeah, I love that answer. Yeah. So what is something you love about Louisiana? I mean, you got a pretty big real estate footprint here in the state. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, I know. Um, I think when I really think of the core of what's in Louisiana for me, it's family. It's it's about family. And not only your blood family, but the people that you're surrounded with and how they can become like family. Um, and I really think, you know, living here, doing business here, 
I feel like you probably have an advantage just from the point of, I mentioned earlier, I love my landlord, right? Like, I know you can have landlords in any state, city that you want to be in, but like, there's something about the people here that really look out for one another, do right by each other, um, that it is hard to find in other places. And so I think like just really like that, that family feeling is really important. And same thing with our team. We have, you know, right now we have 40 people on our team and, you know, um, again, just like looking out for one another, like just being really close knit. And, um, I think that family aspect is something that's really special about Louisiana. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's all across the state, and you can really see that there's more than just blood to family. Right. So for the final question, what mm-hmm. can I do to help you? I've right. already been married, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, inviting me on the show today is a help to me. I think, you know, even though we're based here in Louisiana and we – or nationally like advertised and you know we've had some really amazing coverage nationally like it's interesting or it's a good reminder to know that there's there's people in our backyard that don't even know we exist you know um so I think just like spreading the word and helping us like have this platform to share our story um with you know either potential entrepreneurs or also at the same time potential customers it's important for us to be able to do that so this has been a help. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for making the drive and coming on the yeah. show. I loved your story. I love everything y'all are about. It's very exciting to see those progressive steps over the course of the years. And I think I got some some corporate invent, events in mind for Perfect. our own stance that we can use some flowers Perfect. for. Perfect. Would love to help you with that. So thank you so much again for coming on the show and sharing your story. What is the easiest way for people to get in touch with you about their upcoming event? Sure. So our website is www.somethingborrowedblooms.com. You can find us on Instagram at sbblooms. And if you wanted to email um, our info inbox, it's info at sbblooms.com. And my email is lauren at sbblooms.com. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure we link all that up in the show notes as well to make it ease of access for individuals. Thank you. So thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, everybody else, for listening or watching the show, whatever platform you're consuming us on. I really appreciate it, and the guests do as well. Be sure to check the show notes and get in touch with Something Barred Blooms if you've got an event, whether it be a wedding, corporate, what have you. They've got a solution for you. And, yeah, let them know that you heard about them on the Patty G Show. So I'm Patty G, your host. We'll see you back on the next one.